This month, a small torpedo-shaped robot named the Scarlet Knight will begin a six-month underwater journey in an attempt to glide all the way from New Jersey to Spain. If it makes it to the other side of the pond, this craft will go down in history as the first unmanned underwater vehicle to cross the Atlantic. The amazing part? It has no propeller or engine of any kind. It's ocean-powered. And it's run by undergraduate students from Rutgers University in New Jersey. It's Wednesday, April 8th, and this is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. So how will the Scarlet Knight glide all the way from New Jersey to Spain? Unlike a submarine or a torpedo, this ocean robot doesn't have a propeller. In fact, it doesn't have any means of propulsion at all. What it does have is large movable fins and a large onboard battery pack that allows its buoyancy to gently change over time. This allows the glider to slowly move up and down through the water, and as it does so, its large fins ride the natural movement of ocean currents, and it moves forward. It's the same basic way that a glider in the air works with its long wings, except the ocean glider can glide up as easily as it glides down. Stenka Willis, Program Director for NOAA's Integrated Ocean Observing System, said the Scarlet Knight will measure ocean temperature and salt levels, but this is just the beginning of what ocean gliders may be tasked to do in coming years. So the ocean glider is, you know, some people talk about it as like a torpedo. I prefer it as, a, as an ocean robot. And it's about five to six feet long, and it's got fins on it. And it basically uses the currents to dive down into the ocean column, back up to the surface. And it can measure a whole host of things. Primarily, it's initially is measure temperature and salinity. But as we're working on the glider, we're expanding the glider to put different payloads in there. So we've got some gliders now that are testing phytoplankton. So we can actually see the phytoplankton in the 3D column. So we've got some optical. We've got some acoustic sensors that we're testing on the glider. So it's simply a vehicle that allows us to um, measure the ocean column uh, from the top to the bottom in a continuous fashion at a relatively low cost. This is actually the second try for the Scarlet Knight, and that's Knight as in the jousting variety. It's the mascot of Rutgers University. Well, there's actually a course at Rutgers called Crossing the Atlantic, where undergrads are taking what they learn in oceanography, engineering, and other disciplines, and applying it in the glider mission. Last year, the glider made it all the way to the Azores before springing a leak and sinking. And while it didn't make it to Spain, it did set the world record for distance covered by an ocean glider. Now the students learned a lot from this first attempt, and all those lessons learned are in the new glider. On this glider, it actually will dive twice as deep to uh, 200 meters. It includes this new surface. Uh, it's a coating, and it's to try to prevent critters from attaching to the glider. And it's really pretty interesting. When you touch the glider, it's kind of sticky, but as soon as you put water on it, it just smooths out. So that's, that's a new. The other really big um, change is we can now measure battery power. Last year, we were flying blind, just hoping the batteries weren't going to give out. But this year now, uh, there's a way to measure what the battery life is. And then they've done some um, new software that allows us to talk to the glider more effectively and more efficiently. And most of that was started by the students last year. Director Stenka Willis is involved in this project because the National Integrated Ocean Observing System 
is made up of scores of partners from all levels of government, from industry, from non-governmental organizations. And one of those partners is the Mid-Atlantic Coastal Ocean Observing Regional Association. And Rutgers is part of this association. So if all this sounds kind of confusing, well, it kind of is. But, but that's because the ocean is really big and there's a lot to observe. So the Ocean Observing System, Willis Heads, is sort of the glue that holds together and helps steer this vast network of partners, all involved with measuring and observing different aspects of the ocean. In other words, the Integrated Ocean Observing System helps to keep projects like the Ocean Glider Atlantic Crossing effort moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, Willis explained how the Ocean Glider is remotely controlled by Rutgers students to keep it moving forward towards Europe. So the ocean currents are what actually steers it. But there is software, and the glider basically pops up, and it kind of phones home. We use the Iridium satellite, and it phones home in its emails. And so we can actually do some amount of guiding and driving, and we can drive it from anywhere. You know, the, the guys from Rutgers joke that, you know, they've been, uh, they support a lot of Navy exercises, and they've actually driven uh, gliders from, you know, McDonald's in Cleveland, Ohio, just to prove that one can do that. So, but what really what they're doing is giving it new waypoints, and they're doing that evaluating the ocean information that they have to try to ride through currents, not get stuck in currents going the wrong way, because the whole idea for at least and the glider crossing the Atlantic is actually to continue to go towards the, uh, to the European coast. And while the ocean glider is well, gliding through the ocean, it's also collecting data. And that's its main mission, and it's why NOAA, the Navy, and many other agencies are very interested in ocean glider technology. Gliders are relatively cheap, they have endurance, and they help fill holes in the ocean data we're collecting. While we have satellites in space and buoys dotting the ocean that provide us with information like currents, waves, temperature, and pressure, these instruments are limited in what they can do. The unmanned ocean gliders, though, they can move around through the water column. And this can provide us with a better ability to forecast ocean conditions. Willis explains. When we measure the ocean, we need to do that in total. The satellites that are flying overhead are very critical to give us, you know, wide swaths of the ocean and to be able to process a lot of the ocean. And, but that's on the surface. The buoys give us both surface measurements and then we put equipment below the buoy down the water column. But that gives us a very specific real-time uh, temperature, salinity, waves at one location. The gliders complement that because we can go three-dimensional. So we can basically fly the gliders from north to south, east and west in a three-dimensional pattern. So when we take that water column with the individual buoy and married up with the satellite data, that allows us to assimilate all this data into models and actually do forecasts. Because it's good to know what the conditions are now, but it's even more critical to know um, for many applications what the forecast is in 6 hours, 12 hours, 24, and 48. And then all of this data is collected and recorded and eventually gets into a climate data record for a long-term time series so we can see how it changes over time. So from a science perspective, what makes the Rutgers effort important is that it's bringing us closer to the day when unmanned gliders roam the sea, collecting vital data from our vast ocean. After all, Willis pointed out, we don't know much about our oceans, so every new observing asset we get out there in the water is going to be a big help. And the ocean glider looks poised to play a big role in the future. 
we always say, and it's true, we know more about the surface of Mars than we do about our ocean. Probably 2% of our ocean has been surveyed. And when you look at what the ocean is, I mean, it, it is the birthplace of our weather and climate. You know, it is um, the shipping lanes for all of our commerce and transportation. It's where many, many people live, work, and play. And what Americans really want are healthy oceans and coasts and the ability to maintain the quality of life that they have. And we just don't know much about the ocean. I think the day is soon when we'll see gliders providing oceanographic information. The Navy has just done a recent purchase of a number of gliders for their operations. So I think that day is sooner rather than later. You can keep track of the Atlantic Crossing mission by visiting Rutger University's website. It's kind of a long URL, so glide over to oceanservice.noaa.gov for that address. And when you're on the Rutgers site, you can track where the glider is, get regular blog updates, and see the data the Scarlet Knight's collecting. For Willis, the science part, the data collection, is important, but she's also excited about how this project is inspiring and motivating young students. I think that, particularly with the glider mission, I think that it's... It's certainly about the oceanography, and it's about pushing the limits of ocean observing, and that's very important. But equally important, it's about the educational aspect of the students and our undergraduates. It's inspiring them to take their book knowledge and make it into practical knowledge. And it's really about uh, the next generation of our oceanographers and our scientists. So we wish the team at Rutgers good luck. And a special thanks to Stenka Willis, director of NOAA's National Integrated Ocean Observing System. And that's all for this week. If you have questions about this week's podcast, about our ocean and coasts, or about the National Ocean Service, send us a note. We're, as always, at nos.info at noaa.gov. And here comes the ocean sounds. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next time.